It's Monday, so it's Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassvin in Johannesburg. Uh, David, we haven't spoken for a couple of weeks. You've been away. You'll probably come back refreshed, but so much has happened since we haven't spoke. And I suppose the first yeah. thing is the election. How boring was that? It seems to be a bit of an anti-climax. I'm not sure how to take it. Did you vote? Um, I, yes, for sure. I, I came back and voted, but... I don't know what the what the next step is, whether Ramaphosa is going to live up to the expectation of the media. Mm. And I say the media because the media has been very supportive of him, you know, on the belief that he can do things here. And I don't know whether it's wishful thinking or whether genuinely he can make a difference to this economy. And to be honest, Lindsay, this is this is an economy in which needs to be worked on or a country, should I say, that needs to be worked on hard, needs to reestablish its base you know, clean up its act and clean up, I mean, in a literal sense as well, literally fix up the infrastructure and create an environment in which people want to stay and live. Because the problem is that uh, there's no doubt we're seeing a brain drain. We know there's no doubt that people who have invested abroad are now starting to follow their money and actually emigrate. So he's got to stop that. You know, he's got to stop that by keeping the skills in here and creating an environment that those who can contribute to the economy uh, feel happy to remain here. The interesting thing, David, is if you look at the UK economy and you look at the UK political scene, you've got the Tory party, the Conservatives, you've got the Mm. Labour Party, which is run by essentially what is a Marxist, uh, as Jeremy Corbyn. You've got the Liberal Dems, uh, the Lib Dems, the Liberal Democrats, and uh, now you've got this new Brexit party where Nigel Farage, or Farage as I call him, is coming to the fore. But there's a vibrant political scene there. In yeah. South Africa the ANC has a unique opportunity to say I have got the next five years, probably the next ten years, I can do what I like because people are going to vote for me anyway so there is a carte blanche, there's a, a blank sheet of paper where Cyril Ramaphosa can say I'm going to do this and it doesn't matter because yeah. you voted me in for five years and you'll probably vote me in again because of the legacy thing. But they mm. don't do it and they haven't done it for 25 no. years. They've done no. nothing dramatic at all. It's actually no. been a political democratic disaster for 25 uh, years. That's my yeah. agnostic decision. I, I, I understand where you're coming from and the problem is that I think it's always been running committees and trying to satisfy every person who's contributed to the ANC's uh, so-called success or victories. So I think that's the problem. Sometimes you can't satisfy all those parties. You know, I I explain it. uh, When I was asked last week when Anglo Gold made a decision to sell off its last South African mine, Hmm. yes, it was an end of an era. And what I explained and, and why it hurt me so much is that back when South Africa was an economic powerhouse or certainly a resource powerhouse, we were leaders in mining and regarded as uh, the world's resource capital. But with that, understand what came with it. Not only did we have the mines, but we also had the universities that provided the miners or the engineers for the mines right. uh, who were experts in deep-level mining or other forms of mining. Also associated with mines, we had the ancillary industries which fed the mines. So you had a whole ecosystem that was there that gave us a greatness. Now, once the mine is starting to wind down, we never replace that. We've never come up with another industry to, to replace mining. We showed that we could do it. We had the educational uh, institutions that could provide quality people, but we just, we just didn't do it. We had the brains mm, as well, David. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, 
So the problem is that that's what hurt me about Anglo Gold when I said an end of an era. And the problem is I sit down here as I do every week and I look through the JSE. I say, so where to now? You know, where are we going to invest? And I think his biggest challenge is that uh, Cyril Ramaphosa has got to create that environment where we can get back to where we were in some, maybe in some other industry. Mm. We're not like that. We, we, you know, you know what? We've got grand plans and we've got money for this, for SMEs and we've got money for on top and you know, you name it. But we, <laughs> we need to create an environment where these kids want to stay. They want to study here and stay. And, and I don't think they've, I don't see that energy. So, so for me, it's a worry, you know, that, uh, that the institutions are not here. We haven't got that, that grounding, uh, to provide that. That to me is, is, is what he should be focusing on instead of going out with political rhetoric and going out and saying, we need investment, you know, we're going to raise 110, mm. but no one's going to invest here. Of They're not going to invest here unless they've got that infrastructure. He's got to look over his shoulder the whole time. That's the problem. He's got to to look over his shoulder the whole time and worry about factional fighting within Mm. the ruling party, which is the African National Congress. We should have voted for the ANC 30, 40, 50, 100 years ago. Of course we should. But now, you can't vote for them. Even strategically, I don't think it was justified to vote for them because it's the definition of insanity. Doing something that you've done before and expecting a different result is exactly (laughs) what's happened in South Africa. It's madness what's going on. 57.7% of the vote for a party that has raped the country. Mm. It's unbelievable. No, no, no. I know. But, you know, The Economist was behind them. Uh, Bloomberg's. Um, When I was in the UK, I was listening to commentators there with the same kind of view. Uh, You've got to, you know, they were passing it on. Uh, even even if you read the weekend press here, still pushing around that Cyril's going to be the man and now he's got the power to change things. Well, let's see. Let's see if he can actually work hard. You know, he, and he's got to work hard. This is not a, this is a, you know, 16 hour a day, 18 hour a day job where you've got to go around the seven days a week but he's no it's not working hard david it's not working hard it's changing Mm. the way that the country has worked for the Mm. last 25 years you have to change everything you have to turn it on its head and say right i'm in power now you voted me in this is what i'm going to do i said that i wasn't going to cut any jobs at escom but i am going to i'm going to cut jobs i'm going to bring in people from overseas i'm going to review the visa situation and that's the way we're going to do it and if you don't like it then tough because Mm -hmm. you're going to have to wait for five years for the next Mm. election thank you very much he has to do that well that's let's see whether he's got the the stomach to actually carry that through and and change attitudes right you know when you go pay your fines or not fines or you go pay your uh, renew your your driver's license or you go uh, get your passport or anything. You walk into offices and there's people slouching back, they're eating apples while <laughs> taking your money. And, uh, you know, a, a slovenly attitude. There's no sense of, hold on a sec, let's see how many people we can actually get through our, uh, you know, our doors each day and that there's just, oh, well, no one's going to fire me because it's too politically. Are you saying that uh, public that. servants are lazy, lazy people? Well, I, I'm saying they've got the wrong attitude. They, they, their pockets, I, I can't say it generally. I mean, uh, they're specific. Sometimes you can go in and you can find some very, very good people. But overall, it's a slog. You know, if you need to do anything, it's a big, big slog. Um, I sold, for example, I sold my house. Yes. And for some reason, I paid a huge amount of money uh, in order to 
pay my electricity and rates and water yeah. ahead. I had to pay like five or six months ahead. Right. Okay, that's all done. Now try get it back. And it's months and months of visiting, waiting, trying to get something which is due to me. And and those are the attitudes which just kind of wear you out, where your civil servant says nobody there to uh, if you know to make these divisions efficient. And then you just exasperated. You just say, I can't stand this anymore. You know, the way we drive. I mean, I've just come back from the UK. I was there for a week and that. You know, whenever you walk through there and uh, especially central London, which now is uh, car proof and um, even to the airport and so on, it's just, you know, you look at how civilized people, and I say civilized, I mean, yeah, it's mad. Every time you, every time you drive out your driveway, your, your life is at great risk. We've got to stop these. So this is where I say we've got to start. And just to make this place livable again, you know. And Thank not, you, David. What you're not, saying, we, uh, we have to start right from the bottom. I mean, it's got to yep, be top down and right. bottom up in, in South yeah, Africa. Absolutely. This, absolutely. What you're saying is that this is the Wild West where we totally. are at the moment. Yeah. No, we are. It's lawless. You, know, you can do what you like. You want to stop in the middle of the road, you can. You know, you want to park wherever you want to park. You don't want to pay your fines. You don't want to pay this. You don't have to. So you don't want you don't want electricity. You don't want to pay your electricity account. You don't have to, you know. So you've got to inculcate um, a sense of uh, what you know of sense of obeying the law and doing what's right. Sure. Inculcate. So, so you want so Cyril, you want to get this country right. Start there. Okay, maybe we should have a, okay. a, a, a podcast <laughs> w- with him. Okay, let's have a look now at the bottom-up oh. situation here with Calgro, Vodacom, Octodeck, <laughs> Astral Foods. And Robex coming, and Netcare. Uh, but uh, let's go. Let's start with Vodacom because that's the biggest one of the lot. Do we like Vodacom? Do we? Do I, you, go on. I try to look through it. I'm not. I, I I see the shares are up quite nicely today. In fact, leading the market up. Um, you know, there's so many numbers. Um, there's so many numbers there that it's very difficult to understand why why the market liked them. Because overall, I mean, their actual profits, yes, admittedly, they had a BE deal, but operationally, it's steady as best as I can say. There doesn't seem to be anything that that um, captures my attention. It might be the dividend they declare. So I'm not quite sure why the market has responded as positively as it has. There might be a reason, but, but not being a person who really digs deep into their numbers in a big way. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's not where it was. Those glory years have gone, but yeah. they were steady. You know, 2% never excites me. <laughs> One, no. 2%, you know, anything, you know, those kind of numbers, uh, when you look through their, their numbers are pretty subdued. But yes, there was a BE deal, but still headline earnings down 6% for whatever reason. So. I don't know. Okay, let's have a look I'm, at some I'm of the. I'm not going to buy them. <laughs> no, of course you're not. There are some of the smaller companies mm-hmm. that came out with the results today, Calgro, which was a, a, gr- I, a great yeah. company in its day. I mean, I like the idea of Calgro M3, as they call it. Uh, there's Astral Foods, there's Octodeck, and I don't know. And Robex, Robex, Robex again. Hmm. Robex again just just reflects the huge problems that uh, companies have uh, in this country. There is no spend. And, you know, from that point of view, it makes it very difficult for them to, to – and, and this was a well-run company, but unfortunately, the profit's down around about, I don't know, I can't, I can't remember, about 60%, 70 uh, just representing, uh, you know, just, just reflecting the lack of spend or infrastructural spend here. So I think these companies just are having very, very difficult time making anything, you know, in, in, in this kind of environment. It's just 
Um, you know, it's it, it, it's very hard. I think just just on net care as well. I um, yeah. I see you know their numbers as well. Remember, they're only operating now. They virtually um, ring fence their offshore operations. That they're still managing it down, but it it, it doesn't come into their numbers again. You know, just uh, a, a disappointing number. Well, Lindsay, when I say disappointing, you know, to me. <laughs> I can't go into the second or third decimal point in that. You know, when when profits are in the one percent and two percent and minus, you know, in in that area, um, it hardly makes a case in which to uh, you know to get excited and buy the shares. And also when the prospects are there, you know, that they can't really improve from those kind of operations. Things are tough, and and you know for that reason you just say okay, you know. Whether they made 1% or 2% is hardly significant or not. We have to look overseas now, David, because our local mm. issues are one thing. But what's happening yeah. overseas as, I mean, in the last 15 minutes since we've been yeah. speaking, as we pre-record this interview, I mean, when I started watching CNN, it's called The Opening or something like that, the Dow Jones was yeah. down around about 350 to 400 points. It's now mm. down 600 points. The S&P yeah. is yeah. down 70 points. And it's all yeah. to do, I think, with the 2000, 2000 effect. Instagram and Uber. Uber comes to the market, and this is a company that goes to the market and says to investors, we're not going to make any money. And people invest in it. It comes in at 45 rand a share. It's now probably 35 rand a share. I say to myself, as an ignorant investor or potential investor, if you're not going to make any money, why on earth would you be listing? And the market has probably said it as well. Look at this. The S&P is down 70 points, one of its biggest moves in its history in nominal terms. Yeah. Oh, that, that, to a large extent, has got to do with the announcement that China is now going to impose tariffs on the U.S. It's an excuse. So I think... Yeah, well, it's it, it's just shaken the market a bit. I, I I I'm I'm tending to okay. Let's just withdraw and see where this ends up. Yes. Um, there was bound to be some kind of sell-off. But going back to what you're saying, you're not you're not far wrong. I can't understand why anybody would have wanted to buy into Uber. Um, yes, I I have to admire them in the same way as I admire Tesla. Mm. Uh, I'm a great believer in Elon Musk. These are pioneers. These are chaps who. Who really have that entrepreneurial spirit, but uh, right. you know, I, I I can't afford my very hard-earned cash. You know, every rand that I make here is 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 done with a lot of sweat. I can't go risk it because I feel an emotional attachment to him, or or identify <laughs> with what he's trying to do. You know, even Uber to a large extent, these are incredible businesses, but. Um, there's a time when you want to invest in them, not now. You know, when they start to make profits. And, and, and that's where you get the soft banks and you get all the other, uh, VC, VC investors that who can afford to wait for these companies to turn around. You've got to have a lot of faith in them. And listen, they've changed the way that we travel. I mean, from, from, you know, I see, I, I just see the incredible difference they made even in South Africa, you know, to, to people's traveling where there weren't taxis before. Now I just see these things almost like cockroaches running around. Uh, if, if I lived uh, in Melrose Cape Town, Arch. if I lived mm. in Cape Town, I don't at the moment. If I lived in Cape Town, I would live mm. in the CBD. I would not have a car. I would not need yep. to have a car. It exactly. would be cheaper and more efficient for me to just to have my Uber account and press a button Dead because button. there are so many, well, as you say, Uber cockroaches everywhere. Well, credit to Uber for, for, you know, for starting that company and for yes. changing the way that we do it. But, but hold on a sec. I'm not, 
Uh, I'm not going to invest in that one. Then look, there's another company. I've been reading a couple of businesses. The, the, the other one was a place called Beyond Meat, which is, uh, meat made out of peas and, uh, protein, you know. Oh, made in a petri dish. Yeah. Yes. And they made it to a point where even I think Burger King now are going to have a, a non-meat whopper and that. But, and it, but, but the, the CEO came <laughs> when they listed and they listed at a massive premium. He said, you know, listen, I'm just warning, we might never make a profit. <laughs> we might never make a profit. So, okay, that's great. I've got to admire them for going through and putting the money in, people putting money in. But hold on a sec, I can't afford that. You know, I, I can't afford to take a punt on a company that's never going to make a profit. Exactly. So, uh, so what's the mm. point? Doesn't it tell you something about the market? Isn't history repeating itself here? 2000, well, I, I, we, we're listing companies that are not going to make any money. You've got non-meat whoppers and you've got mm. Uber taxis that mm. are brilliant and it's a fantastic yeah, service. I, I but the company's listing this. and it's not going to make money. <laughs> Why invest we're in see it? The, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems to be fashionable. And I think the other one you're going to do, because you can identify with it. Is the best thing, you know, it it, it, it touches your soul or something. Because yes, you like you're a vegan or a vegetarian, and uh, mm. uh, you, you know you want to identify with or the values of these companies. I think there are others as well. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of cannabis, the cannabis companies, the same kind of yep. uh, attitude we're seeing as well. The same thing is uh, happening there, where I mean people are going mad for these businesses at massive, massive premiums. You know, <laughs> okay. You might come out with some pharmaceutical companies that ease your pain and and uh, ease your anxiety levels, sure. But uh, I, I, you know, there's there's levels at which you can uh, invest in these things and that. So so yeah, I've I've tried to think some of the other businesses that you I've don't need to think of the listing. other businesses. The world has gone mad and people are listing <laughs> at the highest level of the stock market yeah, in yeah. history, and something will give, and something is starting yeah. to give. I always thought when Instagram and um, Uber mm. were mooted to come to the market, I thought this is history repeating mm. itself. Um, there's a couple of things that you've said over the last 20 minutes or so. You said you were hurt by the Anglo Gold Ashanti decision to cut <laughs> more or less its ties. It's quite impactful to me for you to say that. You're hurt. I mean, this has been part of your life. Yeah, well, when I say hurt, it's not like I'm losing sleep over it, but it's, it's the end of an era, and it, it, yes. it, 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 that's from, from that point of view, uh, South Africa was always known for its position in the, in the mining industry. Um, you know, we were we, not pioneers. I mean, we were leaders, and... Uh, for me, it comes back to what you said politically, that we've drifted from what was a very powerful position in the global economy to to where we are now. And, yeah, to an extent, a lot of oil-producing countries have faced the same kind of challenge. But uh, we should have positioned ourselves a long time ago for that, where we, we knew that we couldn't rely on gold forever and had to start building other industries. And uh, to an extent... The government, whoever's been in charge, have never positioned themselves for that. You know, today, instead, what do we find ourselves? Eskimos virtually is bankrupt. Uh, so many other state institutions have lost their um, ability to help us or provide the kind of support that we needed. So, yeah. One thing is... That's, that's, th that's what I'm saying. It just reflects, mm. uh, you know, our move down the slope, you know, and that's that's that, that's what hurts me. And And... The challenge is to try and turn it around, but boy, you've got to work hard on that one. 
Do you know what hurt me about a week mm-hmm. ago, David? And that was um, Liverpool beating Barcelona 4-0. <laughs> yeah, no. It really, really hurt me. I mean, on, no, no. honestly, I couldn't oh, sleep sure. that night. I've been supporting that team since 1977. <laughs> it was the most dramatic game. And yeah. well done to Liverpool. Yeah, I've, I've supported Barcelona since 1977 yeah. when I bunked off school and went to watch mm-hmm. Ipswich play them. And I fell in love mm-hmm. with the team. And for them to let me down so badly... Mm. Uh, my heart broke it really did but it was such a dramatic game and then 24 hours later Tottenham beating Ajax and I'm in the Rotterdam at the moment and the the tears that flowed in the bar that I was in watching this incredible game between this great young team and well done to Tottenham and I applaud them for, for doing it but I don't think I've ever experienced a 24 hours of football drama in my life like we saw last week what do you think No, I, you, you know, from the first minute that uh, the Barcelona kickoff, mm. I actually my wife was in the, was watching next to me. She wasn't concerned. I said, you know, they're going to lose this one. Oh no, what Barcelona! Did you, what I said they're going to lose because <laughs> they, I could see they were sloppy. They they oh, weren't no. on the ball. They weren't thinking. No, I I I lost respect for them for that from that point of view. I said, you know, you don't go in three 0 and just. Uh, Go for a walk in the park. Remember, you're playing Liverpool at home. British soccer is very robust. It's very physical. It's very fast. Chaps are fit. They don't tippy tap around and passionate. Yeah. And uh, there was always a danger that uh, that they were going to lose. Um, and that was a sad. And the same thing with with Ajax. I think also physically they just lacked the uh, they lacked the power to stand up to. They go 2 0 up, yeah, great goal. 2 0 up at half time and 3 0 up on yeah, aggregate. You're not going to lose, lo- lose to Spurs. No, I mean, no, Spurs but, is a team without think, Harry Kane and yeah, without no. Son as well. But physically, they, physically, they also just started oh. to fall apart, whether they were tired or not. And yeah, look, it was the last kick of the ball and they tried, but I think being very, very young, I don't think they physically could stand up to. Uh, you know, to sp- I hope this doesn't kill them because you know you could find them fall apart now from this. They won't fall apart, uh, but what will happen is that all their players will be bought by uh, people uh, clubs like else. Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Well, Barcelona have already bought yeah. their, their centre forward. Their captain will go. He's yeah. 19 years old. He'll go as well. And yesterday yeah. wasn't it fantastic to see Vincent Company, who scored that incredible goal against Leicester, yeah. standing there mm. with Pep Guardiola. It was a lovely mm. moment. I mean, I don't have yeah. any particular affinity towards Manchester City or Liverpool, nah, but to see Pep Guardiola <laughs> and Vincent Company yeah. hugging each other at the end of that game, it was lovely. Well, well you know what? You can see the spirit of that team. Mm. And you, you know what, Lindsay? I was at Arsenal on last Saturday when they played Brighton. Oh, they you drew were. with Brighton. Well, I was there. Yeah. I watched them play Valencia and I watched it. And the difference is that this was their last home game. Right. Which is normally an occasion where the team comes out with their family. You saw it at Liverpool Stadium. They showed you. And, and, and what happened there on the final whistle, the one-all draw, Yes. Uh, which, which now took them out of the top four. Um, everybody around me got up and played the stadium booing, booing, really? booing, booing. Yeah, booing. To an extent, there was no tributes paid to Una Emery. There were no tributes paid to any of the players at all. They just got the hell out of there. To the end, I don't know how many stayed. It couldn't have been more than maybe 15, 20% of the people stayed, you know, just to see what was happening on. And uh, I think that, that again, it, it, it hit hard, you know, that um, 
that this is my club and they, no one cared. No one gave a continental damn. There mm. was no spirit. And that's what I'm saying. I'm comparing that with uh, what happened in Man City and Liverpool where you could actually feel the fans' joy. Uh, at Arsenal, it was just uh, they the Helen with Krunko who now owns the company, not spending money and so on. And you're seeing almost like, um, I, I would imagine Man United had similar sentiments as well. But have a look at Klopp. I mean, you've got Klopp as the mm, manager yeah. of Liverpool. You've got Guardiola, mm, the manager mm. of Manchester City. And even that um, the Maurizio Pochettino, yeah, who is the yeah. manager of Tottenham Hotspur, is crying his eyes out because he's so passionate about the club. I just think yeah, that those yeah. three clubs stand out. I mean, Wolverhampton Wanderers as well, they, they've got some passion there. The rest of them are just... I don't know, they're just overpaid popinjays to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I think also one of the worries is that sometimes where you get outsiders buying into a company and buying the brand, they actually can't identify with the club or the history of the club. And, you know, that's what worries me about some of these, you know, some of these, uh, like, certainly like Arsenal at the moment. I don't know about Chelsea. I don't know, I don't know where they stand as well. They also, <clears throat> certainly uh, lucky to end up where they did end. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, you know, that <laughs> having supported Arsenal my whole life and that and remembering who ran the company, the Hillwoods and, and remember the David Deans who, you know, who, who really were at the top when the company, when, when Arsenal, um, hit the, you know, hit the heights today, nothing like that. Yeah. Mm. Very, I was, dis- I was terribly disappointed. I'm Walked sure. there. There was no one gave a damn. No one. Yeah. yeah. What a disappointing interview you know, you, you've just <laughs> said. <laughs> the other disappointing thing about this is that there's no football for three months now. What am no, I going to no, do on no, a Saturday? David Shapiro, oh, yeah. thank you very oh, much yeah. for your time this evening. As always, David Shapiro is from Sassman in Johannesburg.